Welcome to The Rock Church. It's a place where we desire to create relevant moments where broken and hurting people are restored back to their rightful place in God. Hey, it's the graves today. It's a family moment with Pastor G, the first family, with my girl, Jaira, and Josh. Hey, guys, my family's just acting crazy right now. Um, Jaira, what's happening? She's trying to act all save a day, baby. You're doing good. I'm well. You're doing good? I am well. Josh, what's going on? I'm cool. Yeah, Josh is having some itching problems today, guys. <laughs> you know, um, before we started, we kind of had some issues there. <laughs> that is not right. Hey, guys, it's what we do. Oh, Lord. We want to just simply talk today about the imperfect family. How many of you guys know that every family is imperfect? Every family has their issues. You know, my daughter's got issues. My wife's got issues. Josh has issues. I'm straight. Hey guys, we all have issues. Even me as the pastor, as the father, husband, we all have issues. When we think about family, guys, um, baby, what comes to mind when you think about family? You, Josh, and Jaira. Me, Josh, and Jaira. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> uh, what else? What comes to mind? Um, um, just what I said. When you ask me about family, I immediately think of my immediate family, my husband, my children. Um, after that, I think of my siblings and my mom. Um, when you ask me about family, that's the first thing that I think of. And then I said my siblings. My siblings are behind the camera also. <laughs> I have siblings on both sides. They're well, browns and graves. But yes, I think about my, um, just my family. Um, the love, the care, the fun. Um, we, the, on, on my grave side, we love to laugh. On the brown side, we love to dance. So I think it just, we love to have fun. So, so it's all about dancing, having fun, loving each other. I don't know why it's my It's all about is... loving and then fun oh, and dancing. She's correcting me again, another service where the pastor's corrected again. <laughs> again. Amen, praise him. Holly. I don't know why my son's over here rocking. He's like, yeah, they didn't you know, say he's, no rocking he's probably itching again. Oh, um, you know, y'all pray for him. Um, you know, he has that hat over his knee because his mother did not want him to show the hole that was in his I don't like pants. ripped up jeans and he has a massive hole in not his jeans. Not that with me. So let's talk about culture. Let's talk we're about here. the fact that his knees are ashy. This, these no, kids, they're not. Oh, <laughs> listen. Why do you all want to wear ripped up jeans when back in the day we? That's that's the difference. Right, I know you're talking about. Change. I know he's he was he, he's getting ready to talk about uh -huh. the culture, and that's one of the issues that I have. Mm -hmm. When we were younger, we would never want to wear ripped up jeans. Now. Right. We're buying the jeans in the store ripped them and ripped up, or we're putting them in the washing machine and allowing them to rip even more. So for it's me, just for Cheney, I don't like ripped up jeans. So let's talk about the culture of family. My wife and I, we were raised that when you went to church, you had a suit on, you had a white shirt on, you had a tie on, you had dress shoes on. There were no jeans, there were no tennis shoes, no holes. <laughs> You know, in um, in um, you know that's that's my son. You know, he's got the he's got the generic you know whoops trigger on right now. Y'all pray for him. 
So, um, you know, when we went to church, we were dressed. Now it's a whole nother culture. You know what I'm saying? Um, my children, they were accustomed to that at, at one time of dressing up. But you know, culture changes. So let's talk about this culture. Jara, let's talk about this culture. When you think about where mommy and I have come from in church of what church looked like when we were growing up, what does it look like for you guys in, in, in the culture that, that you're here? Well, see, because I wasn't born when they were in their little culture church. Um, the culture church that I grew up in um, was CIC, and that was more of a outward church. So it wasn't like how they say you had to wear suits and dresses and stuff because there you literally wore anything you want. Now, I have been to some churches where I have been forced to wear stockings and dresses because I couldn't, I have makeup on my shoes, that's crazy. Um, I had to wear stockings and dresses because I didn't want to, but um, it is it's very different. It's very different. Now we have um, youth, youth singing, like making hip hop songs into Christian songs. I mean, that's not bad, but it's bad when you take bad songs and make them. But now we have more children coming into church because of the youth mm -hmm. and how they're portraying the Christian songs basically like for instance, Lecrae, mm -hmm. he's, he's a Christian rapper, but mm -hmm. now nobody knows that he's a Christian rapper because he's not rapping saying, yeah, I love Jesus, Jesus that, Jesus this. He's literally just rapping about his life. Mm -hmm. That's what I like about this culture. Anything besides that? You know. So when you say that's what you like about this culture, it's not that you don't love God, you don't love Jesus, but the message is, is, is important to you. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Josh. Side note, it'd be really important if you could turn that fan this way because I'm having a little hot flash. Josh, so what do you think, man? I mean, when we talk about culture as a family, you know, we come from Baptist church, my wife's Kojic, and so there is a, there is a mixture of tradition, of history. Um, her grandmother, um, was, was very deeply rooted in church. Um, she raised uh, her, her children. Um, her father, I mean, was just rooted. My dad, mom and dad, when we went to church, it was all about church. When you went to youth church, it was youth church. You know, we gonna get demons delivered and all yeah. of this stuff. And, and so now when we think about the culture, the culture is shifting and I believe that as a family, we've got to begin to look at this culture. When you think about it, Josh, what's shifting for you? Um, I would say just from growing up at the churches we went to, like CFC and CIC, uh, New Birth, back yeah. to CIC and then our own, it's, you can definitely tell where the culture changed. Um, in the beginning at with CFC, everybody was, it was all like a tradition, almost all traditional. Color coordinated. Um, yeah, there you go. Color coordinated, Purple, all that. Great. Everything was just like this, just by the book. And then <clears throat> when we trans transitioned to CIC, it was almost like a culture shock to me because I was like, whoa, this, everybody was themselves. It was mm -hmm. free. 
other than the fact they were speaking a totally different language. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, everybody was free and the music is what got me, you know. Uh, I came from CFC, you guys are singing like the old school songs and hymns and all that. CIC was singing Chris Tomlin, Israel. And I'm like, yo, this is dope. Um, and even transitioning from CIC to New Birth, that was even crazier because the church man. was so freaking big. Yeah. Um, a regular Sunday is not, it's nothing regular about a Sunday at New Birth, you know. You come in at the early morning service and they got the strobe lights going like it's a freaking party. Worst during worship, you know, got the, it's just wild, it's amazing. And I really enjoy that. And so leaving that and then coming back home and we're starting our own ministry. I kind of took bits and pieces from each place except, mm -hmm. the, except the uh, tra tradition part. Mm -hmm. um, and I use that uh, to navigate through our ministry. Mm -hmm. so the good, I took all the good, you know, you learned from, you watched when they made mistakes. All right, this is what they did, so don't do that. Try it again, try it another way, so. You know, when we think about family, um, family's really important today. Um, the killings of black men being shot, um, the Breonna Taylors, um, when we think about single mothers, single fathers, blended families, um, one of the blessings that we have had is that um, our children have been with us everywhere we went. Um, every meeting, every dinner after church, our children were always with us. I believe that that was something that we inherited from our parents. Um, we didn't have babysitters. We didn't want babysitters because we felt like it was our job to raise our children. And in raising our children, you know, the Bible says, train up a child in the way that they should go. Watching. I, I, I wanna say that again, train up a child in the way that they should go. They grow old, and I'm paraphrasing, um, they won't depart. They won't go far, they'll come back. I believe that when we look at our children today, there were some fears, even, as a father, there were some fears that I had, you know, that I had to really tighten the rope on my children um, because I didn't want them to make the mistakes that I made. But there's always a conversation that we have, that we have with our children and that's the responsi responsibility. To whom much is given, much, much is required. Is required. I, I wanna kinda settle right there for about <laughs> five minutes or so. And, and, and honey, you can kinda jump in here. Um, when we talk about um, to whom much is given, much is required. I believe that the father and the mother sets the responsibility of character, lifestyle, integrity, love, truth in their children. And in doing that, it has to be cultivated. Mm -hmm. And in cultivating that, sometimes we can make some mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know, we can miss the mark because we really want to be perfect. If, 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 if we really ask this question, there is no family that wants that, that doesn't desire to be perfect. Nobody wants anybody to hear any bad news about their family, any bad news about their marriage, about their children. Um, there are even some families that are taught that what goes on in the family, it stays here and nobody can ever know. Families falling apart 
and your children can't talk to anybody, wife can't talk to anybody, husband can't say anything, and if you say something, you get in trouble. <laughs> that won't work for us. No, sure y'all nope. know why? Because sure we have the refrigerator <laughs> right here. Everybody yeah. say Pasuccini. Pasuccini is the refrigerator. Is the refrigerator. I'm telling it all. I'm telling it all. I'm telling. <laughs> you know the, the secrets that we sometimes take to our grave as parents. The secrets that our children know that they now keep from their children. Their children grow up and they start hearing rumors in the street and all of this other stuff. And one of the things that we did with our children is we started talking about our lives to our children. I really wanna pause right here and really begin to minister to parents right here and begin to tell you that your secrets will help your children at an early age. Now I know that some people are gonna kick back and say, well, Pastor G, you know, if I tell my children mm -hmm. they're gonna, you gotta understand that they're your children. And there are some things about you that will come to light. And it's very easy for your children to hear it from you than to hear it from the relatives that don't like you, hear it from the church members that are hating on you, hear it in the street and all of those different things. And so when we talk about this cultivating of to whom much is given, much is required, what do you guys feel? I mean, what, what, what comes to mind? What weight do you guys feel? talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> um, I personally agree with that. Well, you know, I agree with that statement. And I feel um, that it's a great responsibility. Mm -hmm. It's a great weight. Um, but here's the difference. <clears throat> um, to whom much is given, much is required. Um, I feel that we have to be able to understand that, you know, I talked to you about things like, um, you, you, you chose to sit in the seat. Mm -hmm. You chose to sit in the seat, and by you sitting in the seat, we, me being your wife, they, these guys being your children, um, this is what you chose for us as a family. And when we look in the Bible, you mm -hmm. know, what the family is, that, that career trickled down through the generations. Mm -hmm. um, and so <clears throat> a lot of times now <clears throat> we have... Uh, families, you know, where, say, just like I'll deal with us, you know, you're being the pastor and, you know, you have um, children that's like, yeah, well, I don't want to do that. You know, mm -hmm. uh, Jaira, a long time ago when she was like young, you remember she came to us and said, look, yeah. I know y'all want to be the pastor. I know y'all want to do all that, but y'all need to understand. <laughs> I like to dance. I like to listen to music. I like to do these things. And she began to tell us what she like to do mm -hmm. and so what we did was we tried something different where we didn't say um no you're not doing that mm -hmm. um and i and and one of the reasons we tried something different is because we remember when we were younger yeah. <clears throat> when i was younger i was um in the i was a high stepper and i did all kinds of things and um what ended up happening is my dad never thought that I would make it through. And so mm -hmm. he was like, yeah, go ahead and audition. Well, no one knew that I could dance because I was in the church and I've never danced before. <laughs> and so, you know, you got to dance for this stuff. And so when I actually made it, my dad was wow. like, whoa, whoa. And then 
the problem became came when the music that they were playing, mm-hmm. you know, it didn't line up with our lifestyle. Yeah. And so my dad was like, yo, you know, you can't be dancing to that. And so what ended up happening is I ended up having to quit the high-stepping team mm-hmm. and I stopped dancing and stopped that thing. And so we tried something different with our children, which was we're not, we, we want you to know Christ for yourself. Mm-hmm. And okay, you like to do this, you like to do this, we're gonna allow you to do these things, but you still have to know who Christ is for yourself. Wow. So I, I like that to whom much is given, much is required. And today, here's another thing guys, the way we were raised, the reason, because some people might say, why did you do that? That Because the way we were raised, the things that were presented to us, guys, we didn't have internets, we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have the things that these children have right now. So therefore, our children are, have seen more than we have had mm-hmm. at their age, current mm-hmm. age, when we were their age, They've already seen way more than what we've seen. They've probably already experienced way more than what in our adult age that we're actually going to experience. Mm -hmm. And so when you hear the reverend saying, hey, you might want to get with your kids, you might want to start talking to your children, you might want to try to create an avenue for talking. Let's go um, and get some ice cream and everybody relax and let's just have a, a zone. You know, we had a word. Uh, when you, oh, it was straight, you had a word with Joshua. It was up. straight up. Straight up, if, I, if, if the reverend said straight up, hey, he was, it was, he was able to say what he needed to say. No, just go ahead and talk. We're just talking. It doesn't matter. And so, you guys, we have to understand that we have to figure out a way to talk to the children because here we are here. To whom much is given, much is required. But they want to be themselves. They've seen so much. They want to do so much. And so they have to be able to understand that whatever avenue she goes in, whichever avenue he goes in, you're still required to, to look like Christ. You're still required yes. to act like Christ. And if you are not resembling Christ, then you have an issue. You know, Josh and Jara, you guys can kind of jump, jump in right here. Mm-hmm. The, the weight of having a father, a mom in ministry, um, the weight of living for Christ as children, um, having friends that go to the parties, hang out, all of this other stuff, and mom and dad is steadily saying, hey, Jesus, 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 what has been um, a weight for you guys to really balance that? And this is all just honesty. You, you know what I'm saying? Y'all know how we talk straight up. You know, um, he said straight up. He said straight jump up. Jump in. You know, because when you think about it, we were told that dancing to that music was wrong. And so, because I came off the road singing with R. Kelly, Men at Large, all of those guys, Everybody condemned me to hell. So my daughter's a dancer. My son loves music. Immediately people say, oh, well, they're called to dance for God. Well, she might have been called to be a Debbie Allen. But because we really don't want people talking about us in ministry as a pastor, as a minister, a worship leader, sometimes as parents we can, we can stifle our children to not reach their goals. What's some so of the what you're trying you... to say is my dad yep. not wanted me yep. to be in a high step. step yep. as he well, stifled me. I could have been like a Dallas yeah. Cowboys nope. cheerleader no. or well, something like that. Well, like, 
Wait, no. that, remember, that, remember that you said he now. ran a dictatorship. No. I'm not gonna talk about Dad Brown. Dad Brown. Oh, y'all a, not gonna get out of Was a phenomenal dad. guy. Y'all don't want it. Y'all don't want it. Y'all don't want it. <laughs> but I, I, I really want to hear from my children the the weight because when we think about it, you know, you have people saying, "Well, the church, this generation, they don't want God." Can I be honest with you? They don't want the God that we had, the God that was boring the God that sat in church for five hours on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Y'all had to make up a shout, then come back, do anniversary. This generation wants God immediately. They want to see results. They want conversation. They're not trying to sit and wait on you to ordain them until they're 50 years old. They want to preach now. They want to do business now. And when they come to church, they're looking for the church well, to I, be that place. Well, let me say it like this, um, because... I, it's not that God is boring. It's not that, in my eyes. Um, what I see is, you know, they say we are in a microwave generation, but what I see is we've heard about the things of God for so long. We've heard mama, grandmama talk about it for so long. I, I believe what we're dealing with is, okay, y'all been talking for all this long. Where's the manifestation? And I think that's where we get mixed up sometimes because we're looking for where's the manifestation. You, my mama and daddy been in the church forever and they still can barely, they live in paycheck to paycheck. Where's the manifestation? We'll see what part of that, and I think this is where we mess up, where we don't go back and say, what did we miss? Mm-hmm. So we've been in the church for all these years, but we're still living paycheck to paycheck. Where did we go wrong and not learn that we should be, we should uh, manage our finances better? Where did we go go wrong and not understand, um, oh, my, my, my parents been in the church and they believe in God and their health is bad. So where did we go wrong and not realize, hey, yeah, we, we're, we're at church, believe in God, stand in church all night, but then at 11 o'clock at night, we're eating fried chicken and greens and macaroni and cheese. So it's like, it, what, what my personal belief is, we've done a disservice and showing our children maybe a God or, what, or who we might have considered God to be. So I believe we kind of painted a picture. And so I believe they're now like, wait a minute. It don't take that. It don't take that. Because I believe that we're in the time of manifestation. Mm-hmm. And in this time, I believe that we're going to see mass numbers of young people coming to Christ and running to Christ. I believe we're in a time for miracle signs and wonders. However, the key is we have to understand and, and, and follow the scripture as it say. Um, one of the scriptures, and I'll let you guys talk because I'll be talking all day. Yeah. One of the scriptures um, that we like to say, um, uh, the scripture we like to, everyone likes to, uh, to hold on to Psalms 91. Um, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You know, that's our protection scripture. But we always, but sometimes we forget. In order to dwell in the secret place of the, in, in order to get that protection, the first thing is you have to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. And so we always be like, yeah, I have the protection of God. I have the protection of God. And then when something happens, man, 
Are we dwelling in the secret place of the Most High? Sometimes things comes with stipulations mm -hmm. and do we pay attention to the fine print? And I think that's sometimes what we actually didn't always deliver to the children. We didn't allow them to read the fine print. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about this fine print, the weight, the balance, y'all jump in here. I mean- Yeah, y'all better jump in. Yeah, work out. Do you need backup? Jump I got in, you back. child. Okay. I, I, I got uh, my own. Talking about the weight of it, um, being very honest yeah, at being, first. How honest are we being here? When it very. Okay. Uh, at first, I hated it. Uh, I hated the fact that these two decided, let's go 100% ministry because it's like, man, you know, I already have to deal with the fact that I'm you guys' kid, but everywhere I go in public, somebody knows me. Mm -hmm. Somebody's always watching me. Like, I don't want people watching me. Like, I don't want you in my business. Who cares if I went to get gold to get an Arizona tea, and when I left, I did, let's say, 80 miles an hour down the street. Okay, why are you calling my parents, telling them that? That's not your business. Um, I still struggle with that, but as time goes, as time keeps going on, I'm getting used to it. And I just have to accept the fact that this is my life. And no matter what I do to try to run away from it, I can't run away from it. You could, exactly. It's, it's just, just going to fo keep following me. So I'm getting used to it. Jared? About to melt. Bless you. She looked like she might want to talk. Um, so yeah. So yeah, I agree with Joshua. Um, I hated it. Probably hated it more than he did, especially because of him. Um, because I felt like that other people were getting my father more than I had him. Bruh. I mean, when it came to her, I didn't really. Can we not do the hymns and her? I, I, she, I mean, she's my. She hates when I say her, but mm. her. No, wow. She, no. Don't do that. My mom. She, um, don't do that because we don't She's my like mom, that. but it was more of, uh, I just said she's my mom. Oh, okay. Yeah. You all see what she did? She oh. said hers and we know we're Anyways, like he was more of the parent that I cling to the most. My mom was more <laughs> of the parent that I was scared of. Um, so when it came to them becoming pastors, I didn't really care about her because I'm like, well, she, she grew up like this. This is what she does. When it came to him, I was literally like, I don't like those people all over you. I don't like how those women are looking at you. I don't like you going anywhere by yourself. And just like Joshua said, it would be people that would try to basically put us out because we went from just being Fred Graves' kids to Pastor Fred Graves' kids, meaning we were pastor's kids. And a lot of people know I've done some things that, I mean, I don't care about now, but it was like when people would see me out, it was a quick phone call. Oh, Fred, we just saw your daughter doing this, this, and that. Oh, Chini, we just saw your... And I didn't like that, but I got over it. But, um, yeah, I hated it. I got over it because I came to the realization that 
it's gonna happen my whole entire life. Whether I tell them I don't wanna be your child anymore, whether I tell them I don't wanna be a part of the church anymore, my last name is still Grace. They're still my parents. All day. So anything that I do anywhere that I go, anyone that knows me and knows my parents, they're always literally a phone call away. Oh, your daughter's doing this. Oh, we saw your daughter doing that. So I kind of got over it. Also had to pray about it because I was like this, this close. Y'all see my nail like that close to actually telling them that I didn't want to be a part of the family anymore because they were pastors yeah. and I didn't like it. And it was some stuff I wanted to do in my life without being a preacher's kid. But like I said, I call on my life, call on his life. It's can't run away from it. So yeah. You know, this is a, a real honest conversation that we have to have. And, and one of the things that, that I constantly tell people, especially in ministry, don't require something out of my children and my family that you and your family are not willing to live up to. For so long, we have required that the pastor's family be perfect. But can I tell you, the pastor's family is the most imperfect family in the church. Why are we the most imperfect family in, in the church? Is because we've been given the responsibility to be transparent, to help us all become perfect in family. If there is no issue in my life as a father, in my daughter's life, in my wife's life, in Josh's life, then ministering to family becomes boring. It becomes ritualistic. Uh, th there, there are no goals or things that we can reach in life. And, and when I tell you, um, excuse me, to hear my children say this, and I've heard them say it, but to now say it publicly, um, I would like to say that the mistakes that I made as a father, as she said, is that I gave a lot of my time to people who really didn't deserve it. I spent a lot of time with people today who are sitting and talking about my children and talking about my family publicly. Um, people that wanted to see this family fail. I, I served in so many capacities and I served pastors and we served in ministry and my, and my children saw me come home. They never really saw me complain about it, never really heard me complain about it. But children know when dad is not having a good day, when mom is not having a good day. And one of the things that I have to repent publicly today to my children and even to my wife is to say, I'm sorry, Jaira. I'm sorry, Josh. I'm sorry, baby, that I gave all of my time to the wrong place instead of to the right place. I'm, I'm talking to a pastor today. Um, there's a moment where you have to tell them I'm not coming to the hospital. I'm going to send somebody else. There is a moment where you have to say, I'm not going to visit today. I, 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 I'm not going to do the counseling today. One of the things um, that I learned from one of my spiritual mentors, he said, when I became a pastor, um, he said, I, I, I made a decree that, that my pastorate would not be full of counseling. And so that's what I did. I don't counsel. We don't do a lot of counseling with members. Um, we, we, we send them out, our leaders, if they need that encouragement, we do that. But one of the things I really want us to begin to end with here as we close this section out and this moment out of, of family is to just really 
talk about how God has really used us through those moments. My son talked about new birth. Bishop Eddie L. Long changed this family right here. Sure did. We went to new birth not knowing anything about new birth. The culture at new birth was so, I mean, my son was on fire. My daughter was on fire. Seeing young men praise God and seeing a, a bishop that was just jumping up and down and going crazy and it changed our life. And so when you see the Rock Church, we are a reflection of new birth. We're a reflection of Bishop Eddie Long. Um, we call him our spiritual father who's gone on to be with God. Changed our life, man, but we come back here and our desire is to create those relevant moments. And those relevant moments are to help families because after worship, after prayer, the third rock in our church, our core value, and that rock is family. Everything that we do is family. I, I get very angry when family's not getting along. I get very angry when family is talking about one another. They'll tell you that there is no going to sleep and you mad at each other. You have to love each other. You know, my girl here, she's like, ah, we'll get to it, you know, but she's all about, the thing I love about my wife is she has given her entire life for the three of us. Period. Homeschooled my children, um, has supported us in, in ministry. And sometimes people look at that from the, from the wrong lens, not really understanding that the family is, is strengthened in many ways. And so for the next minute or so, each one of you guys, I want you guys to kind of talk just from where you are and minister to that person. I want you to look in that lens from, from where you are. The relevant moment that you want to help a family, what would that be, Jaira? What is that relevant moment? Kind of put me on the spot there. That's when my eyes are crossed. But um, I would say coming from me and coming, um, knowing how I am and how I was, um, I would specifically be talking to the young daughter that's in that family that's around my age and I would um, basically just let her know like preacher's kid or not any young girl that's listening um, your life is not really what you portray it to be like we all have when we're little we all have thoughts in our head of what we want to be when we grow up how we want to be when we grow up but Things change. Years change, just like 2020 has went straight down in the toilet and still flooding. I don't agree with that. But I'm talking about oh. the COVID and stuff. Oh. Oh, let me get, let me finish. Oh, okay. Sorry. That's another problem. I don't like people that finish their sentences. But anyways, <laughs> like bad. I was saying, like 2020 has went down in the toilet with COVID and it's still flooding. Um, the lifestyle that we had when we were little is not the lifestyle that we're going to get. I'm not saying that everything that we thought of, but certain things, because once we get of age, start hitting puberty and getting cute and everything, like Jesus. we didn't hit our glow day, Jesus. it literally goes out the door. Me, it went completely out the door for me. And I say it went out the door for me when my parents put me in public school. 
I did not know what I was doing. I went there thinking that I could handle schoolwork, friends, and dance all at the same time when the only thing I was handling was friends. Skipping class, dancing on tables. Wow. <laughs> just being a wild one. So, what, yes, dancing on tables. So what I would say is live your life the best way you can. Don't keep thinking that what you thought when you were a little girl is going to come to pass at the age of 16 or at the age of 18. I'm now 21. I thought I was gonna be a veterinarian when I was a kid. And then I said, oh no, I wanna do dance. Now I thought I was gonna go to school for dance. Now I'm actually getting ready to go to school for what I'm called to be, which is a nurse slash doctor. So what I'm basically saying is things that you have thought about, things that you think are going to happen, don't keep flooding it over and over and over again. Because if you do, it's going to go in here and it's going to mess up your brain and you will go out and do some wild things that you probably won't forgive yourself for. So, yeah. Wow. A relevant moment, Josh, um, from, from where you are, uh, from your life, your life experience, just, just Josh. Because I, I think people know you now as, as, as Josh, but just talk as Josh. Um, just where I am. I say um, <clears throat> it was what made me, what started to make me was our move to Atlanta. Um, I was so excited to get out of Cleveland and go to Georgia because one, it was hot. That's the only reason I wanted to go. It was hot. And also because the room, the house we lived in was amazing. The room I had was amazing. And we went down on, you know, we went down on faith, you know, because it was a faith move. We went down and it didn't work out like we wanted it to work out. And to see my parents struggle for those two years, it was terrible, you know, but they never really showed it. But I could tell, especially with my dad, he was doing everything he could to get a job. And, you know, he was still trying to support us in this huge house with no water. Uh, I mean, not water, but no gas, you know, cold water. And I just had a conversation with my mom, like, um, I don't ever remember us having hot water in that house. She corrected me, but I don't remember. I don't ever remember having hot water. Um, please. By boiling the pot Right, thank you. You guys, they're just remembering trauma. But I would say that experience hitting, actually hitting rock bottom the day we came out of school in the office and I seen the car on the tow truck. I said, yo, that's not how the car's supposed to look. The car got totaled and we are 700 miles away from home and nobody's down there with us. It's just the four of us. Um, just to see how we were there and then us now, it showed me that, yeah, God is not going to forsake you. He's going to stay there with you. And it affected me because I saw how 
my dad struggled and I've always looked up to him and to see him, you know, at the point of just about to walk away and not walking away, staying there and fighting it out, it toughened me up a little bit to say, okay, if I ever have to go through something like this, I know what to do. I know to keep praying and I know who I could turn to for advice if I ever have to go through it. Also, when what what helped me, what, what's molding me now was when my mom went through cancer. I was just not excited about that, you know. Um, just think thinking, just thinking about it now, it frustrates me and it makes me upset and sad because it's like, why did she have to get cancer? And you know, all these, all the thoughts that go through your head. And she sat me and my sister down one day and said, I want you guys to watch me follow God through this process. And when she said that, in my head, I'm like, this lady is wild. She's about to get hit with this chemo. And she's like, follow God. All right, I'm gonna just sit right, back. I'm gonna just sit back on the bleachers and just, you do, you, you are doing it on your own because I'm not about to go through this with you. To see her go through that, experience you know just passing out those three times and i would just be real she, she was gone she died you know each time she came back speaking in tongues i was like what the heck is you better know it. going on with this lady like this is this is crazy yo like <laughs> who the heck passes out and it. comes back speaking in tongues full tongues I like like tongues come on now and <laughs> to see everything she went through no hair no nails, all that, no freaking taste buds. No eyebrows. Uh, no eyebrows. You know crazy look with no eyebrows and no hair? It's, it's just like, okay, they can do it. You can definitely do it. You got, you got the backing power, you got the strength. So to the son out there that is watching his dad struggle and, or watching his mom struggle, don't, don't, don't give up on them. Still have faith in them because they have the power. They're, they have the power to get through and you will have the power to get through too. And one thing I can say that helped me when we were struggling, they never physically told us we were struggling, but you could tell, no gas. Um, <laughs> but they would do things here and there like I just found out the one Christmas we had, they did not buy all those toys. Wow. But when I seen that big old box, I'm like, whoa, we got some money, sweet. And it excited me like, okay, we can finally do it. Like we can do this. And it's just like the little things we could do, doing here and there, you, little, you know, the family moments. We always used to eat together uh, for dinner time. Uh, just sticking with each other when times got rough, you know? And that's what I tell, that's what I would tell the son out there that's in that moment of, Dad, my family is just not here. Don't give up on, on your family. They all have their moments. And if they ride it out, if you ride it out, trust me, it's gonna be, it's gonna be worth it. Side note, also for the son and daughter out there, if you have, if the girl is older than the brother or how me and Joshua are, we're 22 week months. Months, but I'm older. He's a year older than me. Um, 
I would say confide in your siblings because that's something me and Joshua did not do. Um, well, I did it, but he didn't really listen. Um, confide in your siblings, especially if you can't do it within your parents. Your sibling is the main person that you, if you guys have a relationship and you guys can trust each other or know how to trust each other, that's a relationship that you want to build and that you can keep. Because me and Josh, we even had some ups and downs. He made me want to take a knife and stab him with it, but I didn't. <laughs> so, I mean, I put one to his forehead before, but it was a butter knife. So, but yeah. So, the imperfect family, <laughs> relevant moments where family comes together. My girl's in here. <laughs> Baby, you got 30 seconds. Talk to her. Listen, don't give me 30 seconds. Listen, um, what do you want me to say? A relevant <laughs> All moment of that. for family. Listen, um, no, 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 no. Listen, um, to families, period. Um, that's just what we are. And we have to, we're supposed to be here on this earth modeling our life after Christ. And just as um, Christ has love for us, um, just as Jesus has died on the cross for our sins, just as we hear the Spirit telling us what to do, we know what the Spirit is telling us to do, and just as so many times we've not done what the Spirit is saying, what we know that the Lord wants us to do, mm -hmm. just how many times have we disappointed Christ and, and, and he still loved us good, bad, or ugly. And no matter what your family goal is going through, no matter what your children going through, your marriage is going through, good, bad, or ugly, Christ has loved us and he does love us and he's always there waiting on us to come back. So for the for the family, for the mom who might find that maybe your children aren't doing what you need them to do, good, bad, or ugly, love them, continue to go and pray for the cause, not the effect, not what they're doing, not how they're acting, that's just surface. Let's get to the root of the situation and let's tackle the cause of why they're responding, how they're responding. Even with your spouse, get to the root of whatever the situation is, the cause of the situation. Thank you, that's, that's Bishop Lyons teaching. Get to the root of the situation, the cause of it, and, and don't be moved by the effect of the situation because we have to understand we are to be Christ in the earth so just as again Christ has forgiven us for so many things that's what family is supposed to do Family is supposed to stick together, to be together, to love each other through the good and the bad. Like she said, whatever she did to Joshua, I have no idea. I never heard that story. This is my first time hearing the story. But regardless, look at them today. They're still loving each other. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks be to God that she didn't uh, use the little butter knife. But thanks be to God. But it, no matter what your family has gone through, this is just a snippet of our lives and our relationship. But family is supposed to love. Love each other as Christ has loved us. Good, bad, or ugly. And when you put yourself in each other's shoes, understand, are you being Christ in the earth? Are you being Christ in the earth? Hey guys, it's what we do. We create those relevant moments where broken 
and hurting people are restored back to their rightful place. We want to pray for you today. There's a family there, a daughter, son, husband, wife, single family, blended family, a family's a family. We want to pray for you today that God is going to give you the ability to love one another. There are three honor, there are three core values that we have in our family. It's love, honor, and respect. We've got to love each other, honor each other, and respect each other. And those moments that we have went through and God has pulled us through, it's because we've learned to love, we've learned to honor and respect each other. The tears and the pain that we have went through, no, it hasn't been easy. Um, I remember as I close here standing um, maybe about three months ago um, at about two o'clock in the morning, I was standing in front of the TV praying for Josh and Jira and I began to cry because I felt like I had failed as a father. I felt like I didn't do what I was supposed to do and maybe I should have did this, maybe I should have did that. If I would have did this, then maybe Jira would be okay. Maybe if I did this, Joshua would be okay. Maybe if I would have done this, um, none of these things would have happened. And as I stood there, the Lord began to say, it's not your fault. Your children are growing up and they're choosing a path. And you've got to love them through their choices, whether they're bad, whether they're good. And that's one thing that I always tell my children, I'm always going to be your father. I'm always going to love you. So this is my prayer for your family. I'm speaking to that one family today. I'm looking directly into that lens and I want each and every one of you to just find a, a lens and look into it as we pray. As an imperfect family, we don't have it all together, but we do have some things together. We're pushing and we're striving. So Father, our prayer is that you will restore and reconcile family that you will cause the broken bridges of bitterness and unforgiveness and hurt, mistakes, Father God, to be forgiven. Father, we thank you for the unconditional love that you have for us, that we're able to give to our children, that we're able to give to our husbands and our wives. Father, we're thanking you right now in Jesus' name that you touch that family that is broken, that daughter that doesn't understand, that son that is hurting right now, the father who just doesn't know which way to go and, and the wife that is there and she's pursuing and, and, and going to school, whatever it might be. Father, I thank you that the blessing of the Lord will rest upon every family in the Rock Church, every family that we're connected to. Father, I'm thanking you for all of our families, oh God. Father, this is our prayer. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we really believe that God is going to reach you. You want to connect with us, you can see all of the information there. I want you to sow a seed today for your family. I want you to sow a seed that God is going to restore your family today. You can see all of our giving methods there. We love you. We appreciate you. Hey, it's what we do. Thank you, Rock Church, for giving us this moment, a relevant moment with the first family. We love you. We create those relevant moments where broken and hurting people are restored back to their rightful place in God. We love you. Peace.